Giving in proportion to what God has blessed you with. We are a giving church. We are a giving people. I'm a giver. Say it like you mean it. I'm a giver. I'm a giver. If you, even if you are not a giver, just say it so that you, it, it, will, it will start working in your life. <laughs> say it one more time. I am a giver. Say it like you mean it, I am a giver. Good. But I want to show you that it's important that we give in proportion to what God gives to us. Let's look at verses 7 and 8. So all the cities you will give to the Levites shall be 48. These you shall give with their common land. And the cities which you will give shall be from the possession of... Of the children of Israel. I want you to notice. God says to Moses. That you should tell the Israelites. To give 48 cities to the Levites. I want to say 48. This must come from the people of Israel. Can I tell you who is going to fund the harvest? It's you and I. We, we are not going to be hoping and looking at the world and expecting them to come fund the harvest. You and I are going to be so financially enriched Amen. so that we can fund the harvest of souls. Amen. Are you listening to me? What you shall receive from them must come from my people. So my people are expected to be givers. They should give. Come on, say amen. amen. So these cities which you will give shall, shall come from the possession of the children of Israel. I want you to watch this. From the larger tribe, you shall give many. You shall give how many? Amen. Many. From the smaller, you shall give few. Each shall give some of its cities to the Levites in proportion to the inheritance that each receives. I want to say in proportion. In proportion to the inheritance that each tribe receives. So their giving must be in proportion to what I have blessed them with. He that has been blessed with more should give so God is never asking you to give what he hasn't given you. No wonder the Bible says, let each one give as he has made up his own mind. Not out of compulsion, not out of necessity, God, because God loves. Who does he love? A cheerful giver. God is not asking you to give what he hasn't blessed you with. God is asking you to give what he gave you. In actual fact, he's not asking you to give all that he gave you. He's asking you to give a portion of what he has given to you. And I believe with all of my heart that my first place of financial faithfulness to God is in my tithe. If you notice, the tithe is fixed. The tithe is 10%. 10% of what? 10% of my gross income. Not 10% of my net income, but 10% of my gross income. In other words, 10% of everything that comes in. 10%. That is the beginning of my financial commitment because I've got a covenant of prosperity with God. And how I many of you know that a covenant is between two people? Two persons. I am a part of a covenant with God. And this is the covenant of prosperity. And if I want God to commit to his part of the deal, I have to also commit to the part of the deal. There is a responsibility on me to tithe.
There is a responsibility on me to tithe. And I believe that everyone that's sitting here today must grab a hold of this truth. Bring ye all the tithe. Not some of the tithe. But all the tithe. Into my storehouse, saith the Lord. And prove me now in this. If I, will not op- if I will not open unto you the windows of heaven and pour you out the blessing. And there shall not be room enough to receive it. And all the nations shall call you blessed. Who wants to be called blessed? If you don't want to be called blessed, don't lift your hand. But if you want to be called blessed, lift your hand. Who wants to be called blessed? Absolutely. Now notice it says all the nations shall call you blessed. All the nations. You have to be so blessed by God for the nations to recognize it. You have to be so blessed by God for the nations to recognize that this is a man, this is a woman that's blessed by God. The nations shall call you blessed, for you shall be a land of delight. A land of delight. Notice it does not say you shall be a land of fright. Tell somebody I'm not not a land of fright. I'm, I'm a land of delight. For you shall be a land of delight. Says the Lord. God wants you to be a land of delight. Praise God. The way some of you look, you look like you need some delight. I'm telling you right now. You, you look like you need some delight. Show, I mean, notify your face that you're joyful. Hallelujah. Come on, I'm, I'm, I said, Hallelujah. You look like you need some delight. Some of you look like you need some delight. Praise God. You shall be a land of delight. You shall be a land of delight. (laughs) Not a land of fright. Praise the Lord. And that is the will of God. So, the tithe is fixed, but the offering isn't. The tithe is fixed, the offering is not fixed. Now, don't come and tell me this is Old Testament. It's Old Testament to you, it's not to me. Because it's only when it comes to giving people no testaments. Unfortunately, that's the problem in the church. When it comes to giving, that's when people know this is old and this is new. No, Abraham tithed before the law was instituted. Come on now, say amen. Amen. So the tithe is fixed, but the offering isn't. Now, the offering... You notice we say, pray and ask the Lord what he will have you do, correct? And we want you to do whatever the Lord tells you to do. Now, how many of you know that when you pray and say, Lord, what should I give in the offering? The Holy Spirit will speak to you. Now, don't come with a preconceived idea because some people make up their minds. Well, today I'm just going to give 10. Next Sunday, I'm going to give 10. In actual fact... They have a financial budget for their giving. It's 10, 10, 10, 10. When are you going to let the Holy Spirit come into your giving and speak to you on what he wants you to do? When are you going to learn to start praying and say, Lord, what do you want me to do in this giving? Because I believe with all my heart, God has got a figure in mind. So when you pray, the Lord would say, no, don't give the 10. Give 50. Or give 1,000. The Lord will give you a figure. And, the, and I tell you, when the Lord gives you that, that's what you do. Now, if the Lord does not give you a figure, sometimes you hear two figures. You hear how many? Two figures. The big one is God. The small one is the devil. Yeah, wow, exactly. The big one, the big one, the big one is God, the small one is the devil. <laughs> Think like this. 
You get two figures. The small one can't be God. The small one is definitely the devil telling you to give that. So you, you ignore the devil. Come on now, say amen. amen. And you give the big one. Yeah. Now, even after you've bind the devil and the small figure doesn't leave you. Now, what you need to do is you add the small to the big. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you <laughs> yeah. You rebuke and you rebuke and you rebuke and the small figure is not leaving. The small figure is still there. Take the small figure, add it to the big one and give it all. And just, just infuriate the devil. Upset. I mean, get the devil running away. Because the devil will know that the next time he tries to trick you into giving small, you're going to add the small to the big. Now, the Holy Spirit will speak to you about what he wants you to do. There are times the Holy Spirit will speak to you about giving something material, not financial. The Holy Spirit will, like the testimony Jeng just gave, the Holy Spirit might speak to you to give someone a brand new phone. Because your giving is not limited to Sunday morning. The Bible says those that are led by the Holy Spirit. These are the sons of God. So the Holy Spirit wants to lead you on Monday. You wake up on Monday morning and the Holy Spirit drops a name on your heart. And that person may not even be a member of the river church. You cannot limit your giving to Sunday morning. Because there are so many people across the world that are in need and the Lord wants to bless them. Can God trust you? Can God use you? The Lord might bring a name, bring a face to you. Maybe someone in the church and, and ask you to find the person's number because the person is in dire straits. The landlord has been knocking on their door for the last one week. They've got no money to pay their rent. You can't limit your giving to Sunday morning. God wants to use you on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday to help people. To bless people. So the Holy Spirit, if you're sensitive to the leading of the Spirit, He will speak to you about people and about the needs in their lives. And I also want to say this, the Holy Spirit does not only lead you to give to people that are in dire straits. The Holy Spirit will also lead you to give to people that have more than you do. So Pastor God, that doesn't make sense. Absolutely, it doesn't make sense. Why would the Holy Spirit ask you to give to somebody who has more money than you do? Is it because they need it? Not because they need it, but because you need a breakthrough. The question is, what is the thing on that person's life that's making him a success? That's what you're about to tap into. So you're not giving to the person because they need it. You're giving to the person because you need the grace to work in you. I'm not saying you are paying for the grace because you can't pay for grace. Because everything we do in the kingdom of God must be done by faith. So you're not paying for salvation. But you receive salvation by faith. Is that correct? You're not paying for grace. You receive grace by faith. Come on now say amen. You're not paying for the anointing. You receive the anointing by faith. Everything we do in the kingdom of God must be accessed by faith. And one of the things I've understood when it comes to financial grace or financial increase. It's giving activates it. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and God is able to make all grace and every favor come to you in abundance. That you always, having all sufficiency in all things, will have an abundance for every good work. If you read it in the Amplified Version, it says, for charitable donation, which means it is referring to financial increase. Before someone says it's a spiritual verse. 
It's talking about God is able to make all spiritual grace abound to you so that you are speaking in tongues all the time. When people look at you, they see fire burning on your head. You see fire burning in your eye. No, it says God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly. Not heavenly, earthly. Earthly means material, means natural. Come on now, say amen. God's able to make all grace. Every favor. So there is favor for financial increase. My goodness. When the favor for financial increase comes upon your life, grace will just work things out. You will suddenly stop struggling. And you will see how the favor of God will begin to work in your life. People will look at you and they just want to be a blessing to you. The job you do will suddenly accelerate. Everything you touch will just prosper. You will wonder what is happening. What is happening is God has made his grace and his favor abound upon you abundantly. Where others have struggled, you will not struggle. Where people fail, you will succeed. Because it will not be you in your own mere strength and human wisdom doing it. It will be the grace of God working through you. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. So grace is the empowerment to succeed in whatever you do. And you can tap into this grace. Grace for finance. Grace for material abundance. Oh, Pastor God, the economy is terrible. No. Because I'm not living in this economy. I am operating by a totally different economy. The Bible says he will supply all your needs according to the economy of Turkey. According to the economy of Europe. According to the economy of Africa. According to the economy of America. No, he will supply all your needs according to his own riches in glory. In glory. So this riches comes from the glory of God. This riches is not material. This riches is the anointing of God. The empowerment to succeed. The empowerment to prosper. The empowerment to flourish in whatever you put your hands upon to do. So this is the grace that God will pour out upon the giver. Upon the tither. Upon the one that is faithful with that which God puts in their hands. Can somebody give God a big hand of praise the Lord? <laughs> Hallelujah. So, we, we are not going to deny the fact that God is blessing us. Failing to give in proportion to what God is giving to you is denying God's blessings. You get to a certain level where you stop giving what you gave last year. Because it's a disgrace. To keep giving five when God has given you thousands. Because you are not appreciative. And you're not saying to God, I am grateful that you are increasing me. Because notice what God said to Moses. Tell the people of Israel to give in proportion to what I gave them. He that has more will give more. He that has less will give less. But everyone that gives in proportion to what I bless them with will be increased. That is the reason why when Jesus saw people putting money in the offertory. Jesus saw people coming with bags of money. And they were dumping it in the offering basket. He was not moved. Because as God who knew all things. The all wise God. He knew that what I bless these men with. Is way more than what they are giving. So he wasn't moved. So don't think that your giving impresses God. It is only giving that is done in proportion to his blessing and done in proportion to faith that moves God. So here comes a widow. I want to say a widow. This woman has got no husband because her husband is dead. That's why she was a widow. She was poor, but she came with two mites. I want to say two mites. When she gave all she had, Jesus said, hey, disciples, look. This woman has given more than everyone else. In the natural, she looked like a defeated woman. In the natural, she looked like a loser. 
Everyone else that was giving big looked like, oh, these were the millionaires. Oh, these are the big boys in the church. But Jesus was not impressed by the giving of the big boys. Because the big boys were not giving in proportion to the blessing God gave them. And God who settles accounts knows how much he has given to them. And because they were not giving in proportion to what he gave them, he wasn't impressed. Your giving will not impress God if you don't give in proportion to what he gave you. It's getting quiet in this Pentecostal church this morning. The woman has given more than everyone else. Why? Because she has given how many percent? How, how, many, how many percent is all? 100%. The woman gave 100%. Jesus said she has given more than everybody. Why? Because she has given all that she had to live on. Which means she gave everything. Oh, people that get stuck on the tithe. Tithe is Old Testament. Okay, let me agree with you. Let's come over to the New Testament. New Testament is not 10%. New Testament is 100%. Talk to me now. No, New Testament is not 10%. If we go by that argument, then New Testament is 100%. Show me one place in the New Testament where the New Testament church gives sparingly. Why do you think Paul wrote and said to them, He that gives sparingly shall also reap sparingly, but he that gives bountifully so that blessing will come upon someone shall also reap bountifully with blessings. Amen. Notice he doesn't say he that gives sparingly shall reap with blessings. He says he that gives bountifully shall also reap bountifully plus blessing. Amen. You see, that... <laughs> blessing what is it in Malachi chapter 3 bring all the tithes into my storehouse that there may be meat in my house and prove me now in this if I will not open unto you the windows of heaven and pour you out what if notice did he say I'll pour you out money did he say I'll give you a car I'll give you a house I'll fill your bank accounts with money is that what he says no he said I'll pour you out a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it now if it says there won't be room enough to receive this blessing that means this blessing is not quantifiable because if you gave me 10 cars if you gave me 100 cars if you gave me 1000 cars will i have room to keep them absolutely i'll build a big parking lot and put all the cars if you gave me a billion dollars will i have room to keep them Huh? If you gave me all the finest suits in the world, would I have room to keep them? Absolutely. But notice it says, there will not be room enough to keep this blessing. Why? Because this blessing is not material. This blessing is the empowerment that comes from God. The Bible says, it is the blessing of the Lord that maketh one truly rich. It is not the wisdom of the man. It is not the hard work of the man. It is the blessing of the Lord that makes that man truly rich and adds no sorrow with it. The Bible says neither does hard work increase it. Can you say this? So our giving must be in proportion. It was in proportion. Your tithe is 10. One tenth. 10%. Basic. Oh, wait, let's not even have an issue with that any longer. Don't trip over the tithe anymore. And if you have an argument, we can sit in my office and we can talk. And then let me help you come over to the New Testament. And then let's talk about giving 100%. So everything you make, you bring. And everything, everything, everything you make, everything God blesses you with this week, make sure you bring it on Sunday. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's the way we give. That's the way we should give. Praise God. Hallelujah. Start with the tithes. And give on top of the tithe, which is your offering. Amen. And, and don't be satisfied just doing the tithe. Some people, they're just satisfied just doing the tithe. Well, I've tithed. I'm done. No, you're not done. It doesn't say tithes. It says tithes and offerings. So don't be, don't, don't do bare minimum. I'm just going to do the least. 
Yeah, I've done my, I've paid my dues. I've paid my dues this month. I've tithed. So Pastor Godwell, preach something else. I've tithed, I've tithed, I've tithed just preach another, preach. Don't you have another message? I've tithed, get over it. But get ready, the windows of heaven are open over your life. Get ready, the nations will call you blessed. Come on now, somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Get ready. If God can trust you, God can entrust. Amen. I'm telling you right now, if God can trust you, you, you have not seen. You have not seen what God wants to do with you. You have not seen the things that God wants to bring your way. And I'm here to tell you that God has so much that he wants to do with the faithful. The Bible says that God's eyes run to and fro the whole earth. God is searching for those whose hearts are loyal towards him. That he might show himself strong on their behalf. God's going to show himself strong on your behalf financially. Amen. The financial experts might talk about how terrible and how bad things are. But I'm here to tell you that we are servants of Jehovah Jireh. Amen. Come on now, say amen. amen. He's our father, he's our daddy, and he's going to take Jehovah Jireh. Come on now, say amen. amen. El Shaddai, my God, who is more than enough, the one who owns the one who owns a cattle on a thousand hills, the one who says the gold is mine, the silver is mine, here the Lord. Come on now, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. That's the God you serve. That's the God you serve. Your, 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 your boss is not your source. God is your source. Praise God. So as you give in proportion to what God gives you, guess what? Increase comes. Because the Bible says, to whom much is given, much is what? Ooh. Why is it that when it comes to money, people don't realize that? To whom much is given, much is required. Who gives you much? The God who gives you much says, I want you to also give much. Is it not interesting how God gave them the land of Canaan and God said, give me back? What is this? It's like when you are raising your child. You buy your child something he or she likes. And when he's eating it, you say, hey, give me some. Then no, it's mine. It's mine. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Children do that a lot. You bought it with your money. You gave them because you love them. Now you are. Some, sometimes it's, it's, it's a parent testing the child. Hey, honey, can I get some? The baby said, no. Now the child becomes greedy. The child has suddenly become greedy over something you paid for. That's the way some people are. God will bless them and God will say, give me. They'll say, no, I can't. It's too much for you, God. Why do you think people don't tithe? I tell, if I tell you, I'm dealing with mindsets here. I'm dealing with mindset. The Bible says, the Bible says the weapon of our warfare are not kind of but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imagination, and bringing into captivity everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. What are we dealing with? We're dealing with mentalities. We're dealing with mindsets. We're dealing with people's way of thinking. We're dealing with wrong indoctrination. Why is it that many don't tithe? They think the money is too big for the Lord. Why is it that some don't tithe? Because they think it is too big for the church. But those who think the money is too big for the church is because they think they are giving to the church, not to the Lord. Because when you think you're giving to the church, you will size up the church and give Based on the size of the church. But if you know you're giving to God. Do you know it is possible for you to be in what is considered a small church. Yet be mightily blessed. Yeah. That's right. I've been to some places by the grace of God. To some countries. And one time I was in London. And I was. Don't get me wrong if you live in London. But I went to this church. And, and I was looking at the faces of the people there. Their faces looked dull. And I began to compare them with the people here. In London, that's known to be one of the wealthiest cities in the world. 
the people I've met there looked like there's light at home, but nobody's there. Uh, and I looked at our people. I, I was there, and I was thinking about our people. And I think I told my wife, I said, just imagine how the faces of our people shine. Their faces shine. Well, Istanbul is a stranded city. It's a stranded zone. It's a transit point. We only came to Istanbul so that we can cross to Greece. And from Greece, we can go to Germany. Because Germany is the Canaan land. <laughs> we, we came to Istanbul so that we can cross to Europe. And from Europe we find our way to uh, somewhere. Because, you know, there is no job in Turkey. When I look at our people and I compare our people with the people I was looking at in London... And I see the difference, how the faces of our people glow. Why? Because you can be even in a place that is considered difficult and the grace of God will still be at work in you. Yes. I see blessed people here. I don't, I, these people are blessed. These people are blessed. These are, these are blessed people. This is a blessed congregation. This is a blessed house. We're not struggling here. Come on now, say amen. amen. And don't come in here and judge us based on the size of this place. This is a mega church. Uh, this, is, this is a mega. Come on now, tell somebody we are a mega church. What, what does the word mega? The word mega means big. Yes. We're big. Are you small? No. Absolutely not. You are big. Yes. Come on, say amen. Because yes. the God in this church is a big one. Yes. Come on, it's the God that made the heavens and the earth. Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. And that's the God that's going to give you victory this week. Get, get, get ready to take new territories this week. Get, oh my goodness, get ready, get ready. Some good business opportunities are coming to somebody this, this week. This week. Get ready for financial favors this week. This week. I didn't say next week, I didn't say next month. I said this week. Get ready, get ready, get ready. This week is going to come. It's going to come. If you receive it, say it's mine. It's mine. Oh, even students are saying it's mine. Praise God. That's good. That's good. Students, you don't have to depend on your parents. Yeah, you don't, have to depend, you don't have to depend on your parents. Neither do you have to depend on the stipend that, that is given to you as a scholarship student. God is not limited to your stipend. Come on now, say amen. And those of you that are working a job, God's not limited to what your boss pays you. Think outside the box. Think big. Tell somebody, think big. Because God is going to put somebody, God's going to put you on somebody's mind. Like he did me some, some years ago. I told the story. I don't care, I don't care telling the story again. Come on, I like to tell stories. It's, it's good. A brother called me up. He said, Pastor, where are you? I said, I'm in my office. He said, can you come and see me? Because you crossed my mind today. Now, so I go, to meet, I go to meet him, and he counts a wad of cash in U.S. dollars and put in my hands. And, and, and I left. Praise God. And then a few, days, a few days later, he messages me again. He said to me, Pastor, do you have guarantee bank account? Yes. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> I, have, <laughs> I have guarantee I have guarantee if you all, even if you want something else, I have something else. I have, I have, but I have guarantee. Can you send me your guarantee bank account? Because whenever I look at you, I just love you. Yeah, I kid you not. That's what the guy said to me. He said, I look at you, I just love you. What do you call that? It's called the favor of God. People will just look at you and just love you. Yeah, yeah, you see. They will look at you and they just love you. So I send him my guarantee bank account, EBAN number. 
it sends a, a few thousands. First was in dollars. Second was in lira. But you know, the more you think about that, just want to, Lord, don't, I don't want to cross. I don't want to cross with people like this. I don't want to cross their mind. Just keep me there. I want to stay there. So they just keep thinking about me. Pastor Godwill, I love you. Whenever I, see, whenever I look at you, I just love you. Even when I'm not even seeing you, I still love you. Come on now, somebody shout hallelujah. <laughs> That's the God you serve. Praise God. Some, somebody is going to cross somebody's mind this week. Somebody said, I'm not crossing. <laughs> so, so, somebody's going to settle into, in, <laughs> into someone's mind this week. And, and here is the thing also, you know, when it comes to giving, you know, a lot of people pray, Lord, send me my destiny helper. Now, I'm not against destiny helpers. I believe God has got somebody that he wants to bring into your life that will take your life to a whole new place. Sometimes it's, a, it's, it's, it's in the marketplace. God will connect you to the right person. You heard me say it last week. It's not how many clients you have. It's the quality of clients. So you may have just one client, but you are made. So it's the quality of relationship. And God can bring somebody into your life that would take your life. If you are in ministry, God works that way too. God works that way too. He brings you into the right relationship with the right ministry. Are you listening to me? I mean, if someone had told me that I would be sitting with uh, Pastor Gregory DeKal two years ago in Chicago and, and doing a, a meeting in his church, both of us, I didn't know who he was. But from out of the blues, he wrote us and, and I contacted Pastor Corey. I said, Pastor Gregory DeKal, do you know who this man is? And Pastor Corey responded back to me. And he said, yes, I, I used to watch him on TBN. And one thing led to another. He was in Istanbul. He has preached here many times. And by God's grace, two years ago, my brother drives me down to his church. And, and he comes, he hugs me, and they take me around the, the property. And before you knew it, it wasn't planned. I was sitting with him on the stage doing a program together. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Yes. So, so... It, some, see, relationships are more important than money. Because there are relationships that will open doors for you that money cannot open. There are relationships that will take you to places that money cannot take you to. So sometimes it's the right people coming into your life. And I believe God wants to bring the right people into your life. Praise God. But so as much as I believe in destiny helpers, you know, Lord, send me my destiny helper. I want to say this to you. What about you becoming someone else's destiny helper? What, why don't you pray and say, Lord, make me someone's destiny helper? I think that's a totally different way of looking at it. Lord, I want to be someone's destiny. I want to be the one you use to help someone else. Not just pray, Lord, destiny helper, destiny helper, destiny changer. Send them to me, send them to me. Well, take me to people whose destiny I can change. And guess what? Listen, listen to the difference. The difference is when you begin to pray and say, Lord, make me someone else's destiny helper. God will begin to set you up and put you on higher grounds. You will begin to have what it takes to help other people. Because if you are just praying to be helped, you are on the receiving end. But when you pray to be a helper, you are on the giving end. And the Bible says the giver is greater than the receiver. No, that's what it says. It is more blessed to give than to receive because the receiver is on the receiving end while the giver is on the giving end. Who is stronger? No, if you think, if you think about it, when you give, you set yourself up for more. The guy who just received need to also give to set himself up for more. 
Do you understand how this thing works? So it's this, the spiritual dynamics. We, we've got to understand this stuff. So I want you to be someone's destiny helper. Amen. I want you to believe God to put some people through university. Amen. It's getting quiet now. It's getting quiet. Believe God to put some people through, put them on scholarship, put them through university. Then you, are, you have become someone's destiny helper. Believe God to start a business where you employ people from the church. I'm looking for a job. Create jobs. Am I preaching to anybody here? This is my CV. Put your CV under your mattress. Go start a business. No, really, go start a business because your CV, you get a job, they put you on a, what's the minimum wage now? 4,005. 4,500 lira. That's the minimum wage. Some people don't even want to pay you up to that amount. Because some of those people are greedy. The minimum wage is 4,500 lira. Correct? Am I correct? So if that is the minimum wage, so that's where anybody that's working needs to start from. That's the minimum wage. So believe God to start a business where you can employ people, but don't pay them minimum wage. Give them something good. Because you are, you are now becoming someone's destiny helper. Pastor Soma, is this true? Absolutely. Oh, destiny helper. Lord, give me my destiny helper. You, why don't you become someone destiny, someone's destiny helper? Help somebody's destiny. Come on, say amen. So this mentality is a mentality that's looking to be a blessing. Not looking to be a taker. Looking to be, who can I bless? Who is in need? I want to be a blessing to somebody. Praise the Lord. Tell somebody, I am a destiny helper. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when I come up here ministering to you, I'm your destiny helper. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you right now. I've made myself available to be somebody's destiny helper. Amen. Praise God. What you're hearing right now will help your destiny. Amen. Will help your destiny. Amen. Come on, I get happy this Sunday morning. Give the Lord some praise. Give the Lord some glory in the house. No, really. With an uplifted hand, how many of you can say, wait, I, haven't, I haven't asked the question. With an uplifted hand, how many of you can say, since you've been coming here listening to the message on giving, your finance has never been the same. With an uplifted hand. How many of you can say, yeah, God has blessed me. Really, God has blessed me. Yeah. I remember the early days of the church when Pastor Corey just started the ministry, the church, when he started this church. At a time, we would meet, meet uh, in different hotels in Taxon Square. And people who came in at the time, we were so broke. We were sounding like a broken record. Um, if you turn some of us upside down and shake us, nothing will come out. Uh, <laughs> I mean, really, we were so broke. We were so, so broke. We were so broke. Our pocket, some of us didn't even have a bank account. Forget about money. <laughs> The man of God began to teach from Isaiah 119. If ye be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. It did not make any sense. Which land? 
which, which good? Which good? Which good? Which good are you talking about? Willing and obedient to eat the good of the land? Who? Which good? Which land? But he kept preaching it. Someone say he kept preaching it. You see, that is the power of the word. The Bible says, is my word not like a hammer that breaks the rocks? If you don't stop, you keep pounding on that word, people will break through. Because the breakthrough will start in you first. And then it begins to manifest on the outside. So we just kept coming to church. He kept preaching. He kept preaching. I remember that day he preached. I remember using that verse. If ye be willing and obedient. I remember when he even, in actual fact, I remember when he said it from the pulpit here. Because he was talking about how he preached on that verse. If you are willing and if you are obedient, you will eat the good of the land. I was there in those early days. And guess what began to happen? The word began to work. The word began to work. Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is quick. The word of God is what? Quick. And the word of God is what? Powerful. And the word of God is what? Sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, bone and marrow. And it's the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word is not slow, it's quick. But preachers, sometimes they get scared. What if I preach about prosperity to these people that are poor? They are so poor, why should I talk about giving? The reason why you should talk about giving is because they are poor. Because what they need to hear is what will bring them out of poverty. Don't accommodate their poverty. Don't feed their poverty. Preach against their poverty. And you see, some are going to rise amongst them. And over the years, people have risen. But why? Because this word works. I said, this word works. Oh, that amen is very weak. I said, this this word, this word works. If you don't back off, if you keep preaching, if you keep teaching it, if you keep pounding on the word, it will break through in the hearts of those that are listening to you. Now, not everyone got it because some people don't want to get it. Some people, I think they just made up their minds. They want to not succeed. But those who were willing and obedient and they sat, people like me. We sat, we listened, we listened, we listened, we listened, we listened, we listened. We came to some services, my goodness, we were giving offerings almost every day. And one day I was about to give an offering and I thought to myself, it was the devil actually who put it in my mind. You're giving all your money away. And then I made a decision that day and this is the decision I made. I said, I cannot outgive God. I said, this is the way I said it, I cannot, I told my wife. There is nothing like giving too much. That's what I told her. Then we were struggling. And I was about to give another offering. I mean, I think we gave an offering yesterday. We gave an offering the previous day. You know, and then we're going to give an offering the third day. Every meeting we were giving, it was an extended meeting. Giving offerings every day. Oh, my goodness. And you're going to give when bills were more than money. You look on your table, you can see how bills are piled up, and you can see how low the the money is looking at the bills like this. (laughs) You should take the money and pay your bills. That's what the natural human mind will tell you. But this word of God will go against natural human mind. This word of God will go against the ways of the world. Are you listening to me? When your bills are looking up to, I mean, sir, when your money is looking up to the bills and you've got all these bills piled up on the table and you have not paid them, but you still have to give. And the devil comes and the devil lies to you that you're wasting your money. You tell the devil, I cannot outgive God. Satan, shut up and get out. Because if you don't stop doing it, you shall reap your harvest if you don't faint. That's why the Bible says, don't be weary in well-doing. 
For you shall reap if you don't faint. The word faint simply means to give up. Many will give up. Many gave up on the way. But I want to say to you, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, you will not give up. I say you will not give up. Your harvest is upon you. Everything you've done for the kingdom of God will bring an harvest into your life. It has not been swept under the carpet. God will owe no man. Come on now, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. God will not forget your labor of love which you have shown to the saints and still show God will reward you abundantly. Amen. And so we, we grabbed the hold of this word and we just started giving, 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 giving. We started giving, 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 sowing seeds, man. Just giving. Giving from, from lack. Giving from really nothing. Some days, my goodness, I give stuff that were not money because I did not have cash. But I had to give. I had to give. I had to give. I, I gave a ring. I had to give. I just had to give. Are you listening to me? Because you cannot, you cannot hold back from giving. You've got to give. You must break through. I say you must break through. Amen. Come on, say amen. You must, you must. Tell your neighbor I must break through. It's a must. And when you are resolute that you're going to break through, you make your mind up, you're going to break through, and you do what it takes to break through, you will break through. Because God will not forget your labor of love. There's another aspect that I want to say, I want to talk about before I close. Start calling in the harvest. Calling the harvest. Some of you have seeds that you put in the ground, but you haven't called the harvest in. It's time to call in your harvest. Don't just give without calling in the harvest. Calling the harvest. Tell the harvest to come. How do I do it, Pastor Godwell? You wake up in the morning, Father, thank you for today. I lift my hands and I just give you glory for all that you've done. And I thank you because today is a day of blessing. And today, in the name of Jesus, I command my harvest to come. From the east, the west, the south, and the north. I call in my harvest. It will come to me today in Jesus' mighty name. And you're calling the harvest. Guess what? There's going to be an expectation in your heart. As you're walking along the road, as you're driving on the bus, as you're driving in your car, as you're working in your place, or as you're doing business, as you're, you're taking clients all over the place, there is an expectation that what? My harvest is on the way. My harvest. Tell, tell your neighbor, my harvest is on the way. Praise God. Call it in. Call it in, call it in, call it in, call it in. This is one aspect that I want you to begin to apply in your life. Call in your harvest. Harvest, come. I see money coming to me. Amen. My goodness. I see it coming all over, from all over the place. I see, I, I'm, I'm expecting a, a phone call. Amen. I'm expecting, a, so when my phone rings, uh, uh, who is that? I'm expecting. <laughs> Praise God. When someone rings my bell, I'm expecting. Come on now, say Amen. amen. I look out the window. I see a guy, a cargo guy. He's standing right there. I'm expect. Is it possible that is my package? That might be my package. Come on, say amen. amen. There's an expectation because you're calling the harvest. Call it in. It will come. It will come. 